Welcome to the Finding a Job podcast, a Ben J. Schaap LLC production. In this podcast, we share the stories of world-class business leaders as they discuss their professional journeys, job search strategies, and tactics that have led them to career success. If you're looking to find a fulfilling, well-paying career path, this podcast will unearth the tools and tips you need to expedite your learning curve and avoid common roadblocks that face people entering the working world. Now here's the host of the Finding a Job podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Finding a Job podcast. Today, we're going to talk to a marketing expert who focuses on helping early stage companies grow. Joining us is Alex Goldberg, who is a growth marketer at House, which is the leading platform for home remodeling and design, providing people with everything they need to improve their homes from start to finish. Additionally, Alex is also the founder of Fin vs. Fin, which is a direct-to-consumer product comparison site. Today, Alex is going to tell us about life working at early-stage technology companies and how he maintains his career while also managing a side business. Okay, here's my conversation with Alex Goldberg, growth marketer at House. Alex, welcome to the Finding a Job podcast. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. I am very excited to talk to you, not only because you work for one of my favorite companies, you're also doing something that I do, which is managing multiple projects outside of your career at once. Turns out that's how I started this podcast. I also want to go on record as saying the company that you work for, House, one of my favorite companies, I'm building a house. I use it all of the time. It's also a place that I went to interview and had the single worst interview performance in history. I totally airballed my interview at House with Alon, who's the founder of the company. I was totally embarrassed. It was a nightmare. And as it turns out, my career still ended up moving forward. So if by any chance this gets to Alon, just let him know I'm still alive and I'm not hiding under the desk anymore. I'll have to ask him about that. But it's good to know. It's reassuring to know it happens to everybody at every stage of their career. It is absolutely something that happens, and it stuck out in my mind. It happens to the best of us. Even us talking heads can airball an interview every once in a while. But let's talk a little bit about you and your career. Start us off at the beginning. You went to UC Berkeley. I'm a big Cal sports fan. Go Bears. And tell me a little bit about your college experience and how you made the transition into the working world. Yeah, absolutely. Go Bears. So actually, I grew up in Los Angeles and really wanted to go to the East Coast for college. The way things shook out, uh, I ended up getting into Cal. Somehow, some way, they accepted me. And I really joined with the plan of studying business and doing something kind of flashy, like investment banking or consulting, some sort of stable career path that could make a lot of money. But as I started to take some of the business courses, I realized that a lot of it felt like things I could learn on the job. And it didn't feel super academic to me. And it also just, there was just a gut feeling that it wasn't right. So I actually switched into economics, which is sort of a similar and related field, but a little bit more academic focused. And I really enjoyed learning about kind of the inputs and outputs. Had no idea how it was going to translate into a career. Was not nearly as streamlined as, say, studying accounting or doing undergraduate business administration. But Felt right, really enjoyed it. And also, you know, I kind of heard a lot of people mentioning internships are important and putting yourself out there to network is important. And I always found that, you know, I believed it from the bottom of my soul, but having now looking back on it, 
I would say that that is really the important part of a college education, especially nowadays, and less important is what you actually study. So the cliche there is, you probably have heard it a million times if you're in school or maybe on the other side of school, but that tends to be true, I would say, now looking back. And ultimately, it was those two things, internships, as well as kind of putting myself out there and joining a few different clubs and communities that led me into marketing. So you mentioned that you had a couple internships, and I see looking at your LinkedIn profile now that you worked for a company called Identify, which was acquired by Workday, and also AOL, America Online, for anybody over 35. You were in technology companies early on. Why did you decide that you wanted to take internships in tech companies, and how do you think that set you up for success down the road in your career? Yeah, it may have just been the trendy thing to do. Also being in the Bay Area, that was kind of the opportunities that I could see around me. But while a lot of my friends were pursuing internships at really large corporations, it really wasn't interesting to me to pursue that path. Instead, I liked the feel of a smaller team. And because there were so many startups in our backyard who are building really interesting products and innovative concepts, that's just kind of where I started. It also helps that early stage startups are very hungry for talent. And so they're willing to take somebody with zero experience. And that was quite a nice feature. You know, I think that's an important call out that when you're thinking about what jobs to break into, it's easy to look at some of the big, well-branded companies. And some of them might have internship programs and some of them might hire entry-level people. But let's take, you know, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon as examples. Those are huge technology companies that obviously get a lot of brand recognition. There's a lot of competition for jobs there. There are smaller companies that work in the same industry that are going to give you more opportunity and more experience because they're hungry for talent. And so there is a trade-off to think about whether it's working for a big company or working for a small company I think when I was early in my career, I gravitated towards trying to get jobs at big companies because it felt like those were credible. And you worked more in small companies when you first started. Talk to me about some of the experiences you gained early in your career. And how do you feel that working at smaller companies helped you grow faster? Absolutely. So, you know, the last thing I'll say on that, beyond just having the opportunity because they were in my backyard. I think my main dream has always been to start my own company and be an entrepreneur. Both of my parents were. And so I think my logic was the only way to learn how to do that, if you're not ready to do it today, would be to go work with somebody who's doing it and getting a really broad breadth of experience to use later as you're building your own company. So that I think is the core difference there between working in a big company early on versus a small company is just the scope of your work. You know, there's some prestige that you don't necessarily have. When somebody asks where you work, you have to describe what the company is building rather than having somebody recognize the name from the get-go. So there's some trade-offs there. But, you know, just speaking about my first couple of internship opportunities, first one, as you mentioned earlier, was at a company called Identified, very early stage company. This was before LinkedIn was really popular and Facebook was the only behemoth in terms of social networking. And their idea was trying to help college kids like me at the time get jobs through their social graph, through their Facebook network. And so it was an app built on top of Facebook to help college kids do that. Early uh, projects were just a bunch of grunt work, to be honest with you. And I worked for free and I worked as hard as anyone in the building. 
I think that you really shouldn't be scared to do that for your first job or two. In fact, you'll learn a lot more, you'll gain people's respect. And no matter how successful you are, that's almost always where people start. I think that you mentioned something that's important. You worked as hard as anybody else in the building. Just because you don't have experience doesn't mean you can't put forth the effort. And that's actually one of the key ways to get ahead while you have the opportunity spend the hours, right? Put in the extra time, go the extra mile and get educated, get experience as much as you can early in your career. Because later, you know, when you get to be an old guy like me, you're going to have kids, you're going to have wife and a mortgage and you can't work from seven to nine, seven to seven. Not that I'm encouraging people to not have a work-life balance, but you have the opportunity to put in just a little extra time that people that have more experience can, and that's the way to level the playing field. Absolutely. I agree with that. So as you moved forward in your career, you're working entry level, you're working in technology, you're working your butt off. Talk to me about some of the roles that you took on. How did you move up and how did you navigate your career to get to where you are today? Yeah. So with a background in startups from an internship level, that's kind of where I felt like I could make the strongest narrative to get my first job. So I found a company called Guidebook, another early stage company who had no marketing team or leadership at all whatsoever. And I had expressed an interest in marketing after some experience at a club on campus, sort of a competitive case club where we traveled the nation and competed with other schools in a marketing capacity. A marketing off. Yeah, a marketing off, exactly. It's like a bake-off, but only with marketing. Yeah, exactly. Nerdy stuff, for sure. And yeah, so joined an early-stage tech company who really took a gamble on me. I was very lucky and gave me a tremendous amount of responsibility right out of school. So some of the things I was focusing on were spinning up paid ads from scratch. I remember my boss, the CEO of the company, said, hey, you know, we'd like to spend $10,000 a month on AdWords sort of advertising on Google. And we don't know how to do that. We don't have anyone in the company who knows how. So we'd like you to focus on that. And I, you know, my job practically hit the floor. $10,000 a month on advertising. That sounds like so much money. And you're going to put me in charge of it. What if I waste it all? Well, the truth is, is they knew that it was going to be wasted for the first probably three to six months anyways. So, but they said, you're, you're a smart person. You can figure it out. So things like that over and over and over. Then it became trade shows. Then it became email marketing. Then it became SEO and really just got to see a lot of different sides of marketing in that first job. And after a couple of years, the company had grown quite nicely to the point where we were able to invest even more in marketing and I was able to manage a small team. So I'd say that's one other really fortunate thing about my career path was that if you join an early stage company and it happens to grow, then you've gotten there early, you've planted your flag. And if you're responsible and a hard worker, then naturally they have to hire new people who will probably be underneath you. So one of the things that you did early on in your career was learn how to learn. And obviously you're learning in college, but you have to be a self-starter. When your boss comes to you and says, I want you to learn the Google Ads platform, uh, there are people that spend decades learning that platform and mastering it, and you're challenged with doing it with no work experience. Talk to me about some of the ways that you onboarded yourself? How did you learn the new skills and make sure that you, you know, didn't blow the $10,000 budget or to the best of your ability, spent efficiently and developed a new skill set? That's a great question. 
So obviously Google's our friend and most answers to the questions we have out in the world are on Google. So definitely just proactivity there. I think further, just not being afraid to ask questions and to seek help from experts. A lot of people are scared to seem dumb or to ask questions, but what they don't realize is that people who feel lucky for where they are in life or have mastered a skill are very eager to share that knowledge and sort of pay it forward. So also just being proactive. And as you mentioned, you know, as you, when you're young, you have a lot of hours that are not accounted for by something else. So being willing to stay late in the office, being willing to do the research on the weekend, put in the extra time and reach out to people. That was always my strategy. So one of the things that I've noticed having worked in marketing, having worked at early stage startups and, you know, larger technology companies as well, that there are specific types of roles that tend to be handed towards younger people and social media advertising, Google AdWords, like the ad campaign setup and management is something where people without a lot of experience can really thrive and my explanation for why that happens is these ad platforms are changing so rapidly that even if you have years and years of experience, it doesn't matter because the deck gets reshuffled all of the time. So somebody that's coming in new is learning the new tools as they're released. You've learned multiple different marketing channels along the way. Talk to me about how you feel about onboarding new channels. Are there some channels that you thought you were able to pick up quickly? Are there some things that took more experience, knowledge, and know-how to be able to master? Yeah, it's a good point. It's one of the things I love most about my field is that it just feels like there's endless learning. So a lot of people talk about that in software engineering. I think it's true of any field with a lot of technology. But yeah, in terms of the channels that are more or less difficult to pick up and master, I think Facebook in its early days was quite a beast and you almost had to be an expert in it to have a lot of success. But nowadays, it's been trimmed down and streamlined and is quite user-friendly. AdWords is a bit more complicated to pick up, but you know, there's just, just more layers to it. But once you figure it out, I think you know there's a reason why they are such a large and successful company, because there's just so much intent that you can find through it. And then you know when it comes to, other than the two big social behemoths, but things like email marketing and you know if you have an affiliate program, or if you're running trade shows, I think a lot of that just comes down to trial and error. Ultimately, there are best practices, but it depends on your market and understanding your customer, and then just trying a bunch of experiments until you figure out what works. So as you move forward in your career, you went from your first experience, and then you went to another early stage startup. Talk to me about why you made that transition. Absolutely. So after a few years at Guidebook in my first role, I had accomplished a lot. I loved my team, but ultimately felt like I wanted to increase the learnings and wanted to expose myself to a new industry. So I felt like mobile technology was kind of soft and I wanted to sort of swing into a more, in quote unquote, serious industry. So I moved into fintech and joined a company that was called Forasol that was focused on 401k plans for small businesses and the technology around administering them. So that was really the reason why I transitioned, just wanting to continue the learnings and potentially move into an industry that felt a little bit more concrete, a little bit more like we were helping people's livelihood day in, day out. Something a little bit more mission-driven. That's right, mission-driven. So you were 
doing relatively similar things. You're a little bit more experienced in that role. And eventually you move on to work for a consulting company called Right Side Up, a company that I've done a little work with as well. Great people. Talk to me about why you decided to go out on your own and work as a consultant. And what does working as a consultant mean to you? Yeah. So as I mentioned, my dream has always been in the entrepreneurial realm. And there are so many different ways to be an entrepreneur. You know, a lot of people look at Mark Zuckerberg and think, wow, if I'm not starting a billion dollar company, then I'm, it's not really worth it. But there's, there's many ways to do it. And consulting is a very, very common way. So I figured that when I decided I wanted to move to Los Angeles from San Francisco, I wanted to do that to be closer to family. And I wanted to do that and have it coincide with my girlfriend starting an MBA program. So I decided to move without a job. And as I was figuring things out and trying to figure out my next play, I discovered Right Side Up and learned that I could apply the same things I had been learning and gotten really good at on the job, but I could do that in an entrepreneurial context by selling it at an hourly rate to customers and choosing the projects that I wanted to work on. So I think that was the, the most beautiful thing about it. On the one hand, you didn't have to take on projects just because your boss told you to or because they were assigned to you. You get to choose who you work with and in what capacity. You know, the downsides, of course, are just that, is that you do have to always be hunting and fishing for your next opportunity. And there's just quite a bit of back and forth there. The reason why I only did it for about a year is, A, because I found house and thought that that seemed like the right opportunity, but also because it does get a little bit lonely. While you do work with your clients and you may work with other marketers at an agency like Right Side Up, at the end of the day, you're always going to be an outsider and the teams that you're working with don't consider you as part of their team in-house, so to speak. So there is a little bit of a, hey, I'm just in my apartment all the time by myself kind of feeling, which in the beginning sounds quite attractive, especially if you're happy to dress up for work or anything like that. But after a while, it did great on me and I needed a jolt of energy from other human beings in the same room. It's something that's been challenging for me. I've been an independent marketing consultant for, I don't know, four years or so now. And obviously, I spend a lot of time doing podcast hosting. I talk to a lot of people, but I'm not necessarily working with them directly and day to day on the same project. Eventually, you move back to house. Sounds like part of it was because you wanted to have an environment with other people working, collaborating. Talk to me about the role that you're taking on today. You're in growth marketing. Uh, what's the company like? Why were you attracted to them? And what is growth marketing? Yeah, so there are many different sides of marketing. What I love about it is it's both right and left brain focused. Growth marketing is just the phrase, the new trendy phrase these days for fast growing companies that are both have sort of a paid approach to marketing as well as organic and are using a combination of tactics to try and grow as fast as possible. But the reason I was attracted to House is because it is a fast-growing company, which has been the theme of the early-stage startups I've worked in. But beyond that, House was attractive because it's a much larger and more established firm than one I've worked in in the past. So I wanted to work in an environment where there were other people supporting the efforts that I was also working on. So I wouldn't go to bed at night thinking, oh, I didn't do that thing. There's no way it's ever going to get done. There's more resources and therefore the problems are quite different at a larger company. And I just wanted exposure to that. It's one of the things that I've realized in my career that 
A, it's not a binary thing in terms of the size of company that you want to work for. There is the earliest of early stage startups, companies that are still being, you know, large aspirations and dreams, but working out of a garage. There is the enterprise company, the Google, Microsoft, Salesforce of the world, where there's tens of thousands of people in gigantic offices and you, you know, might feel a little bit more like a number than a person. And then there's the stage in between. You know, there's IPO'd companies that are relatively small. There's also growth stage companies, which are beyond just being early stage startups, but not quite to the point where they're an enterprise level company. It sounds like you've found a right balance for you working in a growth stage company where you still get to be entrepreneurial. And at the same time, you're working on a side project that you're very passionate about and takes up a lot of your time as well. Talk to me about what Finn versus Finn is and how do you manage a full-time career and essentially another full business? Yeah, what I found at early stage companies, I think you hit the nail on the head, is every culture is different. But if you're a venture-backed early stage company, the way to be successful there is to treat it like your own. And therefore, that requires you know 80 or 90% of your capacity and you're some sort of superhero if you can do any work outside of that. But in a growth stage company with a bit more resources, it tends to be a bit bigger, better funded, uh, potentially higher revenues. And therefore, the work-life balance tends to be a little bit better as well. So I was able to start Finn versus Finn actually with my old boss from For Us All. And we wanted a way to stay in touch with each other. So we decided we would spin up a side project. And essentially, it's just a product review site for all things direct-to-consumer. So as new direct-to-consumer brands come out, we help people navigate that space. We write reviews about them. We drive traffic to those brands and make money through affiliate revenue. But it's really taken a life of its own. It's a project that while my day-to-day job is exciting, I find that it helps me be both a better employee and a happier person to have something that I'm very passionate about. I spend my nights and weekends working on that that isn't my job. So in the past, when I was working in early stage startups, I was very single-minded focus and I would treat those early stage startups like they were my business. Now, I don't say that I'm slacking off at work at house, but the job allows a much more balanced work and life combo. And so it's nice to be able to focus on something that is purely my own and sort of fulfill my entrepreneurial dream in that way. As you think back on your career, you've gone from going to UC Berkeley, having a handful of technology internships, you discovered marketing, learned all of the relevant skills that you needed to, and then you decided that you like to work in growth stage companies and found the balance of working in a larger company and still getting entrepreneurial experience by having your own project. For the people that are listening that are interested in following in your footsteps, that want to be entrepreneurial, want to find that work-life balance, and also have personal interests that they want to pursue, what advice do you have for them? Yeah, I'd say for people interested in marketing, there really is something out there for you regardless of your skill set. If you're a wildly creative person, then there absolutely are jobs for you if you're extremely analytical that you can also provide tremendous value. So it's a really interesting field that way. And if you're somewhere in between, I would say it's just as exciting. So really, if you're early stage and you're looking to get into marketing, I would say go the internship route, offer your time, your talents to any stage company, whether it be large, small, somewhere in between, 
and get that experience. See how it feels. If it feels right, then continue along that path until it doesn't and just keep iterating from there. I think by taking a job that you aren't 100% passionate about, that's okay. I would say my biggest piece of advice for people in their career is continually try and find that thing that you are passionate about and then continuously try and dedicate more and more time to it. So if that means taking a job to pay the bills, then on the side, pursuing what you want on nights and weekends, that's how I found it. I've found it in different times by going all in and dedicating myself to a very early stage company. And I know plenty of people who find their passions outside of work and outside of their career as well. So regardless, just kind of start down one path, see how it feels, decide to change if it doesn't quite work out, and eventually you'll find the right, the right mix that works for you. It's an iterative process. And, you know, I think that finding the right balance for you and understanding where work fits into your life and getting the creative satiation and checking off all of the boxes, whether it's at work or off, is something that takes a lot of maturity. It's something that's taken me a long time to figure out, you know, what's the balance of independence and autonomy and money and creativity. And it seems like you've done a similar thing and followed similar paths and found the right balance for you. So congratulations on all of your success. Sounds like you've got a great role at House. Finn versus Finn looks like a great site. And thank you for being our guest on the Finding a Job podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Finding a Job podcast. Thanks to Alex Goldberg for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Alex, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at Bergs of Gold, B-E-R-G-S-O-F-G-O-L-D. Or you could visit his company's website, which is house.com, H-O-U-Z-Z, or his side project website, which is Finn versus Finn, F-I-N-V-S-F-I-N.com. A couple of links in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to fajpod.com, which stands for Finding a Job Podcast, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and the contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the Finding a Job Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We would love to hear from you. So send us your topic suggestions or your career search questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is FAJPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. And if you haven't subscribed yet and want a regular stream of career search tips and tricks in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode multiple times during the week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us because we'll be in your feed soon. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to keep networking and stay positive. <laughs>